welcome to the AHC podcast. Join us in conversation with experts, thought leaders and colourful characters in the hairdressing industry and beyond. We'll be discussing stories and ideas to inspire, educate and entertain you and most importantly, to help grow your business. If you'd like to listen to more AHC podcasts, you can find them on Spotify or Apple under the Australian Hairdressing Council. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hi everyone, it's Sandy Chong here from the Australian Hairdressing Council and I have got Annie Cross with me who is one of the HR team who takes care of all of our member inquiries when it comes to employment questions and quite a few other things as well. And so thanks Annie, thanks for coming on board and having a chat with us today. No, thank you so much for having me. It's great to come on here and say hi. So thank you, thank you for having me. And before I get started, I must say thank you because we get the most incredible feedback from our members, just how wonderful your team is in taking care, taking care of all their queries. So thank you. No, that's really sweet to hear. I think um, I, I speak on behalf of the whole team where I say that we love speaking to the members. So that's, that's great feedback. Um, it's really great speaking with them every day. So thank you. Well, it's the end of the year. So I thought I, coming up to the end of the year, I thought we'd better have a chat. And so um, when we look at HR, what does the, I've got a whole list of questions, by the way. So if you see the reading, okay. So when we look at the end of the year, what does that mean as a business owner, as an employer, what should we be doing right now or leading up to? So um, from a HR standpoint, the biggest thing you're expecting from end of financial year is, of course, your end of financial year increases. So usually um, from the 1st of July or the first full pay period from the 1st of July, you're going to look at a new increase for your employees. Um, the minimum rates usually increase by this point in time. Um, that That's due to be announced, but from from a HR standpoint, that's the biggest change that comes into play. Obviously, you have your payroll obligations as well. Um, you have your reporting to the ATO that you need to close off. But uh, HR standpoint, biggest thing, pay increases are probably going to happen. Um, we also have super increases. Um, that's something that people might forget. A couple of years ago, superannuation, um, they announced it would be a staggered increase over a couple of years uh, till it rises to 12%. So from 1st of July, not only are the minimum rates increasing, but your super rates are increasing by 0.5%. I believe that's now an 11% super obligation. So those are what you're keeping in mind coming in. I'm sure there's a lot more, but yeah, the biggest ones are those. Okay, great. So if someone's paying above the award, are they obligated to also do an increase on the 1st of July? Uh, not really. Um, obviously, you should always check your employment contract to see the exact wording. But typically, when you're playing, uh, paying above the award, um, you're not going to be captured in what the minimum rates are increasing. So what that 1st of July represents is the minimum rates across most employees in Australia. Their, um, their rate of pay is going up. If you're paying above that, usually you're not going to have to kind of meet those changes or at least not in line with whatever they announce. So whatever that percentage increase is, you don't usually have to apply it to your rate of pay. Um, but good time is to just measure that you're still above the award. Um, that's something that kind of tends to happen. You've paid above the award historically. It's been a couple of years since you last checked. Um, good idea is always to check. But likely if you're above the award, no, you won't be captured. Okay, great advice. Thank you. And so. With the increases, is there any documentation that really should be in place? 
Yeah, absolutely. So every time something changes with an employee's contract, or at least their terms of uh, terms and conditions, you should be doing it in writing. Um, anything changing, it, it, and I know a pay increase might seem minute, especially if it's in line with the federal increase. It's already been documented. How much more can you document it? But you should be at least giving them a letter. Usually it's called a wage increase letter. It just says what your new rate is going to be, when that comes into effect, and just kind of documents that historically um, rather than relying on kind of a federal announcement. Every time something changes, make sure it's in writing. It's kind of the best practice tip. All right. So what other recommendations for end of year do you have from an HR standpoint? Um, I think I go on about this all the time. I'm very passionate that end of financial year is probably the best point to also look at your employment contracts. If you don't have one in place already, it's a very good time to have those discussions. I mean, you're likely increasing their pay or you're looking at their pay. Employees are kind of expecting those discussions. So it's a great time to also pair that with an employment contract and say, hey, your rate of pay is increasing. We're also looking at our processes and kind of getting some documentation in place. Uh, So we've got a new employment contract or an employment contract in place now too. Um, It's a great time to have those discussions. It kind of seems natural, um, good time to start the next financial year on a good foot. (laughs) You're kind of entering it in a positive, like compliant light. So I usually recommend that if you have employment contracts in place, at least just audit it, um, have a look at what you have in place, make sure it's still in line with uh, legislation, it's still up to date, you feel like it's current and representative of your business, has what you want in it. Um, But that's probably my biggest recommendation is to audit yourself and do a kind of self-audit as an employer um, at end of financial year. Yeah, excuse me. And talking about that, I mean, so many of our businesses are now what we call hybrid businesses. So they would have some employees, but they would also have a rent-to-chair arrangement. And, you know, I think it's really important that every one of those rent-to-chair arrangements actually does have a contract in place that yeah. makes very clear how their their business is isolated from from the salon business as well. Exactly. I think the biggest takeaway you can kind of make as an employer is anytime you have an employer, anytime there's an agreement um, with a worker or anyone in your business, put it in writing. Now, it doesn't mean that having had, um, you know, verbal agreements with uh, individuals isn't you know, enough or you shouldn't think, oh, no, they're they're not worth anything. Um, they're just hard to evidence and they make it a little bit more risky from a compliance point of view and from an employer point of view um, or business standpoint, sorry, to evidence what you actually agreed. And you want that to be really solid um, from a business standpoint. You want to have all your kind of uh, I's dotted, T's crossed, um, everything kind of closed off. So you're minimizing any risk and you can move forward pretty confident with what you've agreed. Um, so that that does apply. I completely agree with you with render chair agreements or employees, contractors, whoever you have in there, put it in writing. Um, we have agreements and we have templates that you can utilize. If you don't have those in place, you just have to reach out. Um, so definitely, yeah, put it in writing with them. Right. Thank you. And um, so we'll have a wage increase on the first full pay period. I'm losing my voice in talking um, after the 1st of July. What other what what else do we need to know about 2023? You know, what else is coming in that as an employee we really must know about? Yeah, so 2023 is a very busy year from a HR standpoint. 
Um, there was a lot of legislative changes that were announced end of last year and they were due to come out kind of staggered throughout 2023 some more immediate most of them kind of staggered through 2023 Um, and there's still quite a few more to happen Um, June particularly is a very busy HR time Um, we have the changes to request um, for extensions to parental leave come into effect and changes are to request for flexible working arrangements coming into effect Um, at a very high level they're making it Uh, These changes make it a lot more onerous as an employer when these requests come into place. You have to be more proactive in how you approach them. Um, Suggesting alternate arrangements is a big kind of centerpiece of these. So, for example, someone comes to you and says, I want to work from home five days a week. Um, You can't say, nah, that doesn't really work. You have to kind of go back to the table with what does work, if anything does. So you might say three days a week is what we can accommodate. Um, But they're kind of relying on employers to be a lot more proactive in those discussions. And an important part of, I guess, pushing that change in communication is that the Fair Work Commission will now have uh, new powers to deal with disputes. They didn't previously um, have those, so that'll be coming into effect as well. We also have uh, the ban on pay secrecy clauses. No new employment contracts or any employment contracts can have those. Um, you're going to have to remove those clauses. I, I don't see a lot of members with contracts that have that in place. But if that is you or you're concerned that you fall in that scope, definitely reach out because it's going to have to be removed. Um, and there's some hefty penalties if you keep them in place. So keeping that in mind, one part of the pay secrecy clauses I think kind of falls to the side is that um, now employees uh, from from the time that legislative change came into effect in, I think, December, Um, they can discuss their pay pay as well. That's been enshrined as a workplace right. So if you have employees discussing their pay, they might be uh, telling their colleagues what they make. Um, That's now a workplace right that I know previously that wasn't. And, you know, I think we can all kind of um, remember a time where you wouldn't discuss your pay. It was kind of um, not something you did. Uh, There could be disciplinary action if you had talked to someone about your pay and perhaps they approached the boss and said, um, XYZ makes this much and you know, those discussions came in place, but uh, now that's that's just not something you're going to be able to do. So removing those clauses for sure and being aware that it's a workplace right, big things that are coming into place. Um, and August, uh, from the 1st of August, we have paid family and domestic violence leave coming into effect for employers with less than 15 employees. So previously came into effect 1st of February for employees with 15 or more. Um, but 1st of August, for those with less than 15, paid family and domestic violence leave. And that's 10 days that paid domestic violence leave? Yeah, so 10 paid days. Um, mm-hmm. Your casuals are included in that too, goes to every employee. Um, it isn't something they have to accumulate. It's not like annual leave or personal leave where you work to kind of gain those 10 days. It's immediately available. Um, but it's not going to accumulate from year to year. So you won't eventually, if you never used it, have 30, 40 days if you have four years of service. No. But it is available each year as well. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. And do you know what it goes down on a payslip pads? So they have really strict requirements around what has to be in a payslip. Um, a lot of that is to protect the person using family and domestic violence leave. So being cautious that it can't be displayed as uh, family and domestic violence leave, that's a p- big kind of piece of this legislation. 
um, unless, of course, the uh, employee requests it or says they want it displayed in that fashion. Otherwise, you're going to have to document it as some sort of other type of leave or allowance. Um, I think they have some regulations in place. Um, I can give some kind of indications if anyone needs help. Uh, we have some blogs and stuff on that too. Okay, great. Uh, anything else that we need to know for 2023? I think that kind of covers it off. If people haven't gathered, it's a very busy year. Um, there's a lot yeah. coming into uh, coming into place. I think the biggest thing is um, I think a lot of these changes kind of show they're, they're putting a lot more on employers to be proactive, to have it, um, you know, have your documentation and your processes aligned and be supporting employees. And I think a lot of members already do that. Um, but having it in place and having it written, is it, it's really important kind of what a lot of these um, changes push. So your biggest learning for 2023, if you're going to take anything from it, is have documentation in place and show what you're kind of offering employees, your processes, how proactive you're being. It, that That's quite important. I know a lot of members already do that, but just getting it in place, having it in writing is the biggest thing you can do to make a real difference in your HR for 2023. Okay, brilliant. Well, thank you again, Annie, and thank you for your, to your team for always helping our members. And um, as I said, they're absolutely wonderful. And you've just given a heap of information that I know everybody needs to hear, um, definitely uh, with the new wages coming in as well. And I know that you'll provide all our members with the new rates, which is fantastic. Thank you. And it's the first full pay period because I know that everyone will ring us up on the 1st of July, but it's the first full pay period after the 1st of July. So, exactly. um, yeah. Well, exactly. thank you so much. And um, I know I've thought about a heap of other questions that I'm going to ask you next time around, okay? No worries. I look forward to it. But thank you so much for having me. It's really great speaking with you. And obviously, if anyone has any questions, please reach out. We're here. HR is our passion. We're here to help. So absolutely, if any of this raises any questions or you know, you're not sure, you, you might think something I've said um, is something that you're particularly concerned about, reach out. That's why we're here. Okay, great. Thanks so much, Annie. Nice. Thank you.